In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week we heard our Lord's message, Wake up, flee in repentance, flee to Christ. And it was a rather jolting message, because it's about the terrible judgment to come on the evils of this world. Well, the message will continue to ring through these last three Sundays. Wake up, repent, flee to Christ. And today's gospel especially focuses on that last part, flee to Christ, because the message today is very simple. Christ is King. And our Lord speaks about this when he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Which is kind of, or can be, a disturbing image, that separation. Because our flesh knows which side of the equation we should be on in this separation. If you examined yourself with the Ten Commandments this week before you came to church, you know what I mean. But even right now, we can, in our heads, run through the Ten Commandments and ask questions about, well, just this last week alone. For instance, this last week, have we used God's name in prayer? Or have we abused it? Did you fathers lead your family in Scripture? Or is this maybe the first Scripture you've heard since the last time you were in church? How have you treated your parents at home if you're younger or in their elder years if you're older? What about your in-laws? How have you treated them? Have you been angry? Have you been irate? Were you fine with an unfair deal that benefited you, but not so much when it didn't or when it hurt you? Have you lied or have you gossiped? Have you seen what your neighbor has, a house, car, boat, wife, seemingly well-behaved children, and then gotten angry at him and God because he has it and you don't? This last week, what all of that is asking is this last week, have there been other gods that you have served? We know the answer. And then we hear about the separation of the sheep and goats. And we know, based off our sins, what side we deserve and our own works to stand on when we're before him and his angels. But notice how Christ puts this. He says, the king will separate people one from another as a Shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. That is to say, Christ is king who comes as your shepherd. Christ will come in the flesh. Just as the first time he came in the flesh to be born of Mary. Just as the first time when he was in the flesh, he was humiliated before God and everyone on the cross and died in the flesh for your sin, and in the flesh defeated the devil by his death. This is Christ who rose again in the flesh three days later for your justification, who ascended in the flesh up through countless ranks of angels to sit at the right hand of God, and in the flesh as a man have all authority over heaven and earth. This is the shepherd that will come to you. Because this is the shepherd, this is the king who came to you in the waters. He met you there in the waters where he took your flesh and united it to his. United it to his flesh in the crucifixion. United your flesh to his in the resurrection. And so that united in his flesh, you now have life. You now have righteousness. You now have his victory. And in his second advent, you will share in his reign. In the waters, the lamb recreated you from being a, a goat to being a sheep. He went from being your enemy to being your redeemer, your Lord, your shepherd. 
In this life, he is your shepherd. He leads you beside the still waters of baptism. He brings you to the table he sets before the presence of an evil world and feeds you before your enemies. He's shepherding you now. And what Christ's message is, is that when he returns as king, he will be your shepherd then as well to bring you home. And the best part of this is, it's not a guess, it's not a probability, it's not a maybe. He proclaimed, it is finished. No matter what happens to you the rest of your days, no matter what evil in this world might befall you, no matter what you might suffer, no matter what kills you, what Christ tells you is, it is finished. He is your king. He will come back to you as your shepherd. And nothing can take that away from you. Christ is your king who forgives you. And then he goes on. He says, Then the king will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for you, it was prepared for the devil. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the, the least of these, my brothers, you did not do it to me. This part is saying, Christ is king who comes as the judge which we can be fearful of. We can be afraid of this, him coming back as a judge. And to be truthful, there is a warning here to us. Flee to Christ, not from him. But in another way, and perhaps even a more, more of a point in the text here, is that Christ tells you this, not just as a warning, but even more so at, for your comfort. We've talked about it, how the world is evil, the days are evil, so evil that in last week's text it said the days are so evil that God had to cut them short so the elect could be saved. And we could feel that evil. Again, we're in a Western culture that was once Christian, it's no longer. There's new ideologies coming in, there's new religions of men coming in, ideologies and religions which oppose the church. They've entered the workplace, they've entered the schools, they've entered families and homes. We felt the effects of it 10 years ago. We never would have thought that the government would tell us to close our churches. But yet, in our lifetime now, the government said the churches had to close when liquor stores and casinos could remain open. Evils that we thought we never face, we are starting to face. And it's an evil that tries to pull us and our own out of the church and away from Christ to the point where it feels like the walls are caving in. And as the walls are caving in, here's what Christ says. In effect, I am your king. I come as the judge. God is merciful. Christ is, a, again, Christ is the king that returns as a shepherd who forgives us, who has, who, our shepherd who was put to death, put all of our sins away, so that we may one day rise with him. But at the same time, God is also just. And so Christ returns as the king and the judge. And the comfort to you is this. All the evil which you, his flock, suffer, right now, that evil will be judged and put away forever on the last day. You suffer now, but from that day forward, you'll never suffer again. You'll never be threatened again. You'll never have to think of evil again. And we know this is true because he proclaimed it is finished. He already won the victory. He's already judged evil. It is not if all this evil will be judged and put away forever. It is when will it happen. 
And the world, it will tell us about how righteous it is. It will tell us about its mighty works. It will proclaim its progress to all who will listen. It claims to never have seen Christ. And then on this day when the world does have to come face to face with Christ, they'll try to tell Christ all the things they tell us. But Then Christ will simply look at them and say, what you did was not enough. What you did was against me and my church. Now depart from me. And although and although we have to hear the world constantly about its own righteousness in this life, on that day, it'll have nothing more to say. It won't be able to defend itself, and we will never have to suffer evil again. We pray, deliver us from evil. On this day, Christ the King, the Judge, will for all time deliver us from evil. And so Christ is king. That is how he will return. And notice what we prayed for in our collect. If you have your bulletins, you can look at it. We pray to God so to rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that being ever mindful of the end of all things and the day of your just judgment, in other words, being mindful of the last day when he comes as shepherd and judge, that we may be stirred up to holiness of living here and dwell with you forever hereafter. We are asking God to keep us mindful of his salvation and judgment so that we might endure and be with him forever. And today, our minds go to that last day and it tends just to stay there. But what this prayer is beseeching us to do is consider how the promise of his second coming just doesn't affect us on that last day. How does that promise, that surety of a second coming, affect us now? We know what the end is. And knowing what the end is, we pray to God that we may be stirred up to holiness of living here in this life. What we're praying for is that we may live forgiven, that we may live knowing that we have the victory. What does it mean for you to live right now with the victory of the resurrection already yours? And so we heard those six acts of charity in the, in the gospel today. We ask that we may live holy lives where we can do those things in loving each other in the church to help each other endure and love our enemies outside the church when they don't love us. And when you hear this prayer and then you hear the gospel, there's something funny that kind of comes out of it. Because Christ says in the gospel, as he's talking to those on his right, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then notice what our reply will be. Lord, when did, we, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of these, the least of my brothers, you did it to me. So here's what's going on. We're, we're praying that we might be stirred up to live in this whole to proceed in this holiness of living. We pray to live with a zeal for charity, to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, to welcome the strangers, and so on. We pray for the zeal to perform these acts of charity listed here, and we pray that we might do them knowing full well that on the last day before the king, we're not going to remember them. We pray that we might do all this stuff that Christ says that we did, and then on the last day when we're before Christ, we're going to say, well, when did we do that? And yet we pray that we might live in this way. Why? Why would we pray to live in this holiness of living when we won't remember it at the most important time? And it's for this reason. Christ is king. Because it's finished. 
Christ is our king. The victory is ours. That's our reality now. That is to say, when we stand before Christ and all the angels, we're not going to be thinking about what we did. Our focus is going to be entirely on what he did, on the victory he's given us, so that we can't even think of what we did. The victory is yours. You don't need to play the world's game. You don't need to keep up with the Joneses. You don't need to live in pride or try to show yourself as the best. The victory is yours. Whether you have a little or a lot, you have the victory, which means you can spread God's love by what Christ lists here, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, and so on. Our king came down in humility and died the worst of sinners, becoming sin for us. And now he reigns in heaven and glory over heaven and earth, which means no level of service, no level of love, True love, serving love, selfless love. None of it is beneath us. Ours is the victory. We can love and serve each other to help each other endure to the last day. We can love our enemies and serve our enemies. Not in some naive way, but in the way that Christ loved us. And as we love our enemies, that is God's love that can come through that might bring our enemies into the fold. So that on the last day, they won't be our enemies, but our brothers on the right side of Christ. The days are long. The world is evil. Wake up, repent, flee to your king. Don't wait till the last day to live victorious. Live as if the victory is yours right now because it is. Show charity to others in that victory. And let us eat and drink his supper as we proclaim his death until he comes again. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.